Coming up, who were the D-backs three stars in their comeback against the Cincinnati Reds? And what are six things we have to look out for against the Philadelphia Phillies? Discussing all that for you next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. Of course, on today's pod, it's going to be the Friday pod. So what I like to do usually on the Friday pod is write down a few things I think the D-backs need to look out for, things that I think the D-backs need to do if they want to win their weekend series. So we're going to be talking about six things to keep an eye out for or things that the D-backs need to do if they want to beat the Philadelphia Phillies starting Friday. But before we get there, let's talk about the D-backs comeback win against the Cincinnati Reds because... This was an, uh, this was a really impressive win by the D-backs. I think you have to summarize this game by saying Davies and the offense started slow, but they ended up rallying and coming back for the D-backs in this one because Zach Davies in this game, he started out this game really poorly. In the first inning, he gives up three earned runs because eventually he gets the bases loaded, no outs. And after that first inning, I'm just like, this is going to be a terrible Zach Davies day. I think I tweeted out after the first inning, like just an awful start by Zach Davies. Like I thought it was going to be one of those days where Zach Davies goes four innings and he probably gives up six, seven earned runs because Tori Lovello does not want to go to the bullpen immediately, especially in a series finale before we take on the Philadelphia Phillies who are red hot right now. So it felt like it was going to be a day where Davies was going to have to eat a little crap because he was going to give up so many earned runs early that it just made no sense to go to the bullpen and try to salvage the game. But after that first inning, Zach Davies just completely settled down and he looked locked in because he was coming off his best start of the season against the Pittsburgh Pirates where he pitched into the eighth inning. And in this start, I was like, man, against the Cincinnati Reds, you're going to all of a sudden just completely melt down and fall apart, Zach Davies. But that didn't happen because after the first inning, he goes... He ends up pitching six innings after that first inning, which is pretty surprising. And he only allows two base runners after that first inning, just two singles the rest of the way, which is really surprising. He ends up throwing 107 pitches, but Zach Davies, three earned runs, seven strikeouts. I think his ERA doesn't even move from when he came in. I think it was a 4-2-1 ERA when he entered the ball game. He's going to leave with a 4-2-1 ERA when he leaves the ball game. So overall, ended up being a pretty impressive start by Zach Davies. He went mostly with the stinker changeup as he normally does, and the changeup average exit velocity of 86.6 miles per hour like you'll definitely take that if you're Zach Davies his his sinker and his changeup velocity usually sat um it's sat around where it normally sits in terms of velo so nothing crazy in terms of Zach Davies stuff today I thought I did have good movement but 
After that first inning, you got great Zach Davies, and you really needed Zach Davies to settle down after that first inning because the D-backs offense did absolutely nothing in this one, for most of it at least, because they only scored one run through the first eight innings, and that was courtesy of a Paven Smith bomb who, let me look it up, I believe now has eight home runs. Yes, Paven Smith now has eight home runs on the season, I think. Man, I think Paven Smith's career high in home runs, I could look it up, but I, it might slow down my Wi-Fi. I think his career high is between 11 and 14 home runs. So Paven Smith is definitely more than halfway to his career high in home runs. I think he, he has moments and stretches. The thing with Paven Smith, he's just not super consistent. He'll put together one week, a week and a half, where he's playing really good baseball. His OPS is above an 800 during that stretch. Maybe he's hitting some power, too. We've seen stretches where he's hitting, like, three home runs in 10 games, and then there'll be stretches where it's seven straight games of just striking out and doing a whole bunch of nothing for Paven Smith. So I think working on his consistency is the biggest key, but I think Paven Smith has definitely tapped into some more power this year and has looked a little bit more comfortable at the plate. And Paven Smith, he hits that home run early in the game, gives the D-backs a 3-1 to deficit. But in the ninth inning, Paven Smith is the one who gets it started with the walk. Alec Thomas scores him, and then, of course, Josh Rojas gets a big knock eventually to score two. The D-backs end up rallying in the ninth inning. They take uh, they take the lead in the ninth, and then Ian Kendi comes in for the save in the ninth inning, and, of course, Ian Kendi couldn't make it a clean bullpen outing because, for once, we had Mark Melanson come in the eighth inning, and I'm not sure if that's going to be a permanent thing going forward or if it was just because the D-backs were down a few runs in the ninth inning. It wasn't really a save opportunity, so they just want to give Mark Melanson some work because is not really pitched too much in June since that Pittsburgh Pirates um, debacle? I'm not sure if we see Mark Melanson since then. So I'm not sure if we just saw him today because Tory Lavelle just wanted to get him some extra work if he's going to be the eighth inning guy going forward or if it was just because it was a non-save opportunity. So let's, you know, keep his arm loose. But Ian Kendi, he pitches the ninth inning. He gives up the solo home run. So very good job by the D-back to get some extra insurance runs in that ninth inning because imagine if this was a tie game after Ian Candy comes in the ninth inning and then the D-backs lose an extra inning to the Cincinnati Reds. That would have just been that would just been too deflating as a D-backs fan to watch that. Emotionally, I don't think I would have been able to handle that, especially considering how the Pirates series went, how the first two games of this series went. I needed the D-backs to to complete this rally and make the comeback because it felt like the D-backs were going to lose. Like, I literally walked away because I was watching this game at work at Midley, and I walked away from the game around the eighth inning. I had to go do something for work, and then when I came back for the ninth, they were literally in the middle of their rally, and the D-backs were leading when I came back. I was like, whoa, what did I miss? What happened? And the D-backs were lucky enough to complete the rally, and they didn't blow it by their bullpen because we know their bullpen likes to blow it but thankfully and Kenny was able to do just enough to secure the D-backs win because the D-backs finally get the win they get back to their winning ways they of course won yesterday the offense looked good yesterday and now you look at it today yeah it took until the ninth inning for the offense to come alive but back-to-back days where the offense is able to put some runs on the board so let's now hand out three stars to this game I think the first star has to actually go to Zach Davies because we talked about yesterday if you get a quality start out of your starting pitcher then they probably deserve and earned a star so Zach Davies even though you had a terrible first inning you were pretty dominant after that six innings six hits three earned runs seven strikeouts one walk one star for you, Zach Davies. I think the second star has to go to Paven Smith for hitting that solo shot, giving the D-backs their first run of the game and getting the rally started in the ninth inning by getting on base. 
Haven Smith, you're my second star of the game. And then my third star of the game was a little bit tougher. I was thinking maybe Ketel Marte here, who had two hits, hit a walk, but Ketel Marte didn't score any runs. He didn't get any RBIs. I thought he had a good game, but I've also Alec Thomas was in consideration here as well. RBI, run scored, hit, another great defense play in the outfield. But I think I'm going to have to, and he also had the big hit in the ninth inning to you know continue the rally. But I think I'm going to have to give it to Josh Rojas, who had the biggest hit of the ninth to score two runs in the ninth inning. And Josh Josh Rojas's single ends up giving the D-backs the lead in this game. So I'm going Rojas. I'm going Paven Smith. I'm going Zach Davies as my three stars of the game. And the D-backs comeback win over the Cincinnati Reds. Now, let's talk about things the D-backs need to work on or things that the D-backs need to do if they want to beat the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know why it was so tough for me to get that sentence out, but we're going to be discussing that next. But first, I want to talk to you guys about LinkedIn Jobs because as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find people you want to interview faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's it. LinkedIn.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On Podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take you very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pot. I almost closed out the tab where I'm streaming this video. That would have been very bad if the middle of the video, I just accidentally cut it off. But let's get back into the podcast because I got six things I want to discuss with you about what we need to watch for as we head into this series against the Phillies. The D-backs need to do these things. if They want to win potentially or just things to watch on trends that we need to keep our eye on for this D-backs team. So Let's jump into number one, and then, you know, sometimes on those Monday podcasts, we like to go back and revisit to see if the D-backs actually were able to hit on these checkpoints. So I think this is kind of a fun topic for me personally, because sometimes I feel like I'm Nostradamus doing this, because there's been, if you go check the last few Friday pods, I hit on a lot of the things that the D-backs need to watch. So go check back the, the recent Friday pods and tell me I'm wrong. But let's first start with number one. 
Will we see more of Kendi as the closer? I think this is an interesting question because of what we talked about earlier because Mark Melanson came in the eighth inning. And is it a changing of guard? Because we know Mark Melanson has been a huge struggle in that ninth inning. His last few outings, Mark Melanson had just been terrible. I mean, we should have beat the Pirates in the second game of the series if it was not for Mark Melanson giving up a home run late in that game, a walk-off home run at that. And when you look at Ian Kendi, what he's done over his last Entering today's game over Ian Kennedy's last 11.1 innings pitch, only three earned runs for Ian Kennedy. He had like a 2-5 ERA in May, and then he hadn't allowed an earned run until today in the month of June. <coughs> Excuse me. So I wonder what the D-backs are going to do moving forward. Now, I don't know if Ian Kennedy's little earned run, home run they gave up today, that you know takes some of the confidence and trust away that Toy Lovello and maybe the front office might have had in Ian Kennedy as a potential closer, but I would probably keep Ian Kennedy in there a little bit longer and just see how he does. I know he gave up the solo shot today, which you don't like to see, but I'm not sure it's going to get any better if you put Mark Melanson in there. I think, of course, the guy who everyone wants to see as the closer is probably Joe Mantiply. I would even go with Colin Nelson. I literally just picked one of those two guys because there are two best relievers but it's probably going to be Ian Kenny or Mark Melanson as the closer for the rest of the season just because they have the most closing experience they're both veterans so they both know how to handle high leverage moments even though they don't always produce in those moments so I'm very curious to see how Toy Lavello how Toy Lavello handles this closing role going forward I can't see the Mantiplies maybe one day but I can't see the Mantiplies really getting uh, I mean I can't see Mantiply getting an opportunity to save a ball game but I can't see him getting a string of opportunities to save a ball game I think it'll probably be if Ian Kennedy or Mark Melanson feel overworked in the bullpen then Tori Lovello might choose to go with the Mantiply as a closer for a game but I can't see him doing it for multiple games so very curious to see who is the closer this weekend because there will definitely be at least one game that the D-backs have to close and it will definitely be a nail-biter and my my anxiety will definitely be raised during that game because we know the D-backs bullpen in a close game, anything can happen. Now, number two, can the pitching staff cool down this Phillies offense? Because ever since the Phillies fired their manager, Joe Girardi, their offense has been on fire. I think the Phillies won their seventh straight game at the time of you listening to this podcast. And if you look at the Phillies team offensive numbers in the month of June 282 average as a team 923 OPS as a team in the month of June and we know the D-backs offense has been terrible this month it has not been good so the D-backs offense is going to have to put in some work because this Phillies offense is incredibly hot and no player right now in baseball arguably is hotter than Bryce Harper who I think after today has five home runs in his last six games something crazy like that and there was also some other crazy stat where Kyle Schwarber likes to hit home runs on the day on the days Bryce Harper also hits home runs so when the Phillies offense gets rolling it comes in bunches unlike the D-backs offense where it always feels like all right here's a solo shot here in the second inning here's maybe a two-run bomb in the fifth inning and then maybe another solo shot in the seventh inning it just feels like a lot of solo shots for the D-backs where as opposed to the Phillies when they get their home runs it feels like it's usually two three-run jack by Bryce Harper and then Kyle Schwarber follows it up a little bit later with another three-run jack of his own the Phillies are able to put multiple runs on the board and get those big crooked numbers in certain innings that the D-backs have typically not been able to do this season. When the Phillies offense is clicking, they're able to get the, the sequence of hitting going and put multiple runs on the board. Um, either with just one swing or get multiple people on the bases and bring those guys home. So this Phillies offense is really hot, and this D-backs pitching staff is going to have to cool them down. Their starting pitching, I think, has been pretty good during this D-backs cold streak. I think it's really been the bullpen that has been the biggest issue for them. And as we saw today, Ian Kendi, 
up two runs, gives up a solo shot in the ninth inning. This Phillies team can come back on you late in games. The Phillies team can put in work against your bullpen, but we know the Phillies bullpen is also not the most trustworthy, so there is a situation where the Phillies offenses may begin to the D-backs pitching staff. Just wait until the Phillies pull out their starter and bring their relievers in because that's that, that might be the time when the D-backs offense really pops off, but from a pitching staff perspective, the D-backs pitching staff has to be on their game. Brunstrom has to deliver some, you know, righteous message from God because you're going to need some luck against this Phillies team who is extremely hot right now. And then the last thing that I'm going to be watching out for, at least in segment number two, is can Dalton Varsho or David Peralta get it going? Because both of them have really been struggling recently. Varsho, it's been a little bit longer of a slump for him if you look over his last 10 games. Varsho's only batting 125 or a 314 OPS. Like Varsho's numbers on the season now, it's like a 250 average, around a 750 OPS. Like they're solid, but they're definitely not great. They're not near all-star level numbers. In the first month, month and a half of the season, Dalton Varsho is pretty good, but he's really been struggling. Ever since, really, it feels like Carson Kelly's gone down and Dalton Varsho has had to play more catcher. It just doesn't. It just feels like Dalton Varsho's offense has taken a hit. Maybe it's because he's putting in more work defensively, a little bit more wear and tear on the body. I'm not sure if mentally, you know, if there's some psychological component to Dalton Varsho catching versus playing in the outfield, but... Dalton Varsho, I think, needs to pick it up because, like I've said before, I think he's our most dynamic player in terms of being an athlete with his speed-power combination. I think he could do a little bit more. I don't think he's more. I don't think he's a better baseball player than Ketel Marte, but I think he's a more overall dynamic athlete than Ketel Marte, and he's more of a one-of-a-kind player. Uh, he's one of the most one-of-a-kind players in Major League Baseball, so getting Dalton Varsho going is going to be huge for this D-backs offense, and the other guy that has to get going for this D-backs offense is David Peralta because in the month of June so far, David Peralta, 143 average, a 420 OPS, and you just saw him today, and David Peralta the last few games during this cold streak. With runners in scoring position, David Peralta had just been striking out a lot because of what? Was there that one moment today when there was like two on, no outs, and David Peralta just strikes out? I think there was two run scoring opportunities for the D-backs today with David Peralta at the plate where he struck out. And it feels like David Peralta has been striking out a lot recently. And so has Dalton Varsho. Dalton Varsho is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, strikeout candidate on the team. I can probably look that up real quick. I got baseball reference um, pulled up on my laptop. But Paven Smith actually leads the team in strikeouts with 60 and then Dalton Varsho is second with 51. And then David Peralta is fourth with 45. But I believe in the offense of a David Peralta and a Dalton Varsho a little bit more than a Paven Smith. So that's why I'm putting a little bit more pressure on those guys to perform. And they're going to need to because like we talked about, this Phillies offense is hot. You can't just keep relying on Ketel Marte to get three hits every game. Even though it seems like he gets three hits every game, Josh Rojas has been hot recently, which I love. This might be the breakout season that we've been waiting for from Josh Rojas, but outside of those two, the D-backs are going to need more players to step up, and I think those players have to be David Peralta and Dalton Varsho in this series. Now, if you want to bet on those guys stepping up to the plate this series, you need to head to betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MFA, from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts.
got some tickle in my throat. Let's get back into the podcast. I've got three more points I want to hit for you guys of things I'm watching for in this series. And this one is a fun one, this first point I'm going to discuss. Will Carson Kelly be back? There has been rumors that Carson Kelly can come back this weekend. I believe he's going to be re-evaluated on Friday. He's done a couple of minor league games for the AAA Reno Aces. And Carson Kelly, we know he hasn't been good so far this season. Um, I could pull up his stats real quick. Carson Kelly, before he got hurt, a 105 average and a 273 OPS. Carson Kelly had six hits and 57 at-bats. So offensively, Carson Kelly did nothing for this D-backs team this season. But Carson Kelly, as a defensive catcher, was really good for this D-back squad. I mean, when you look at the framing numbers, when Carson Kelly was throwing out batters this season, all the defensive metrics tell you Carson Kelly was pretty good behind the plate this season. And also, we just look at the splits for how the pitchers performed with Carson Kelly versus Dalton Varsho versus Jose Herrera. They were by far the best with Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly seems to have the strongest command of this pitching staff, and that makes sense because Carson Kelly probably had more practice and caught more pitches by... Um, uh, by these pitchers, I, I forget how I'm trying to phrase that. Carson Kelly probably caught more pitches and practiced more with these pitchers more than any other catcher on this D-backs roster. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. So I think Carson Kelly just has a little bit more time in with these pitchers. He just knows them a little bit better. I mean, he's more of a full-time catcher than Dalton Varsha. Like, that's not a hot take. That's not any great insight. You guys know that just watching the games. Dalton Varsha is pretty much our full-time center fielder when Carson Kelly isn't playing. So I think Getting Carson Kelly back will be great for just the pitching staff. I think they will actually perform a little bit better with Carson Kelly. I think the defense will be a little bit better. I don't think runners will test Carson Kelly as much. And I think it can also hopefully unlock Dalton Varsha like we talked about earlier in the pod. He just hasn't seemed to be the same offensive player since Carson Kelly got hurt. So I'm hoping Carson Kelly can fix a bunch of issues for this D-backs team once he returns. Number two, the D-backs defense has to be better than this Phillies defense because one of the weaknesses of this Phillies team is their defense. We knew this was a big offseason experiment. If you listen to Mondays with Millard with Silly Baseball, we've talked about this Phillies team a lot because they had a huge offseason. They made a bunch of big additions and big free agents with the Castellanos' and the Kyle Schwarbers, but the biggest issue for the Phillies is they just completely disregarded defense because if you're going to have Schwarbers and the Castellanos' in the outfield and the Reese Hoskins and the Alec Bombs, like, there's just too many defensive liabilities all around this Phillies lineup and so you can attack this Phillies team through their defense you could hit them where they ain't or you could just hit them where they are because sometimes if you hit a ball to Castellanos he just not might be he, he just sometimes not athletic to, to move over there and get the ball it's kind of having an outfield full of Paven Smith so if this D-backs defense is worse than this Phillies team um yeah the D-backs aren't going to win you have to be a better defense than this Phillies defense because this defense is atrocious they typically kick the ball over the yard and give up earned runs because they just can't play fundamental defense and the D-backs can play fundamental defense but you have those games where Keta Marte just gets the yips at second base or maybe balls are hit to Pavin Smith and he's having trouble throwing it over to second or third base so the D-backs defense I think a huge equalizer in this series can be the defense because we know the Phillies offense is probably better than the D-backs offense I don't think that's a hot take either especially what you've seen over the last week and a half so I think this D-backs defense needs to step up because if it gets outplayed by this Phillies defense while the Phillies offense remains hot um it's going to be a long series for this D-backs team and then the last point I want to talk about is something that we've kind of already tied together but I want to see this D-backs team start quickly against this 
um, Phillies team because we saw the D-backs today, one run through the first eight innings against the Cincinnati Reds yesterday. I don't think they got the scoring started until the fourth inning. And the last two games against the Pirates, I mean, the D-backs basically did nothing in those um, games, either the first game of this series, the first two games of this series, the D-backs did nothing either. So we need this D-backs defense, uh, this D-backs offense, not just to show up, not just to put five to seven runs on the board, but do it early. Put the pressure on this Phillies team early to score runs. Knock their starter out the game early so you could get to this Phillies bullpen because I think this lineup, as great as it is, is high variance. This is a team that I don't think will be afraid to chase pitches out the strike zone if they feel like they're a few runs down, if they feel the pressure mounting and they feel like they need to come back because they can come back quickly. But if you, uh, the D-backs have the kind of pitchers where because they throw slow velocity, the Phillies team is going to be locked in and they're going to be patient. And this could be a home run derby type of game. So this D-backs offense needs to, needs to start hot just in case if it becomes a home run derby type of game. And also, I think this D-backs offense needs to start hot just because of how slow they've been recently. Give some run support to your starting pitcher. We're going to have Zach Allen. We're going to have Mad Bum on the mound. It feels like they never get enough run support, which is actually accurate because they both average four runs or less of run support a game, which is not good enough. So D-backs offense, please pick it up in this series. You've been able to pick it up the last two games against the Cincinnati Reds. The D-backs offense is going to need to have that carryover against this Phillies offense because of how good they've been since firing Joe Girardi. And if the D-backs want to get back to 500 because they are currently three games below 500 right now, like you could do it with a sweep against the Philadelphia Phillies, but I don't think that's going to happen. But you can do it taking two out of three against the Phillies. And then you play the Cincinnati Reds once again. I think that's going to be another three-game series. You take two out of three against the Cincinnati Reds, and now you're back to being a 500 ball club. Now we're what? We're, we're in the middle of June, and the D-backs are playing 500 baseball. That is really all I want for my summer, D-backs being around 500. And it can all start against this Philadelphia Phillies team, who is not a great baseball team. This is around a 500 ball club as well that has recently gotten hot, recently gotten hot but overall in the season has been very beatable. And I think the D-backs, with the resilience they showed, mostly against bad teams, but again, the Phillies aren't a great team. So with the resilience the D-backs have showed this season, I think the D-backs can take two out of three against the Philadelphia Phillies. Hopefully do the same against the Cincinnati Reds. And then they set up a great summer of competitive baseball for us D-backs fans. Now, that's it for this edition of the Lockdown Dimebacks podcast. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Lockdown MLB with my pal Sully Baseball. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.